Welcome to this Sunday, Master's Sunday edition of the White Man Can Jump podcast. This is your host, John Whited. This also coincides with the last day of the NBA regular season, which means one thing and one thing only, that the NBA playoffs are right around the corner. Here to break it down with me is my most frequent co-host, and that is Andrew Brownlee. How you doing, Brownlee? Doing great. I'm looking forward to getting into the playoffs. Uh, first, we got our play-in coming. Uh, I think we got some exciting matchups there too. Yeah, um, there's drama all around. Uh, the NBA would be nothing without it. So um, the playing games will be exciting. Um, we'll have some of the best players in the NBA in those games, just like we did last year. Um, and some of them might not be participating. In the playoffs, we know a couple of them won't be, and those are the Lakers, and that will be the last time we mention them. Just had to get it out of the way on the podcast. The Lakers have been eliminated from the playoffs, and we will no longer mention them except for maybe a LeBron James mention in our All-NBA talk later, which we're going to get into here to start it off here. Um, So All-NBA, there's been a lot of debate about this. especially with Jokic and Embiid when it comes to positions here. I don't know how you did your ballot. Um, when I was doing mine, I I saw that when the NBA sends out their ballot, it says to please vote for the player at the position he plays regularly, which makes doesn't make sense why you would give us an option of what position he plays if that's one of the requirements of your vote. <laughs> right? Like you can only play one position regularly. I guess you could play multiple positions regularly. But, I mean, it, it just makes sense to just have one position for these guys to make it easy. But um, I went traditional and, and made uh, one of them first-team all-center and second-team all-center. So how about you, Brownlee? What did you do for Jokic and Embiid? Yeah, I went the same way. I mean, if the NBA – they would need to change the rules to be, like, guards – or not even guards, just, like, smalls and bigs shift it instead of one center you have like three forward slash centers or something like that but uh the direction right now is just like confusing a little bit i would just say like Jokic, you're a center and be your center um only one of you can make first team under the current rules yeah and you know that that is too bad for one of them yeah but i, I think that's just that's how the rules are set up right now, and I think that's how you have to take it. Yeah, I think that's how they are set up now, and that's how you should interpret it, even though you are given the options. But um, given you know what I just read, what they sent out, you you would put both of them at center, um, and then you know. But also, if you look at like, and whether or not it should be tied to this, but like all NBA is tied to super maxes and whatnot. So you know, I think. At, if you're looking at it from that perspective, like the 15 best guys should be the 15 highest paid guys in the league, right? So like, it shouldn't matter what position you play to be the highest paid. It's not like the salary cap is, you know, a certain amount is dedicated to each position or anything like that. You know, it's it's you know any we're, we play positionless basketball nowadays, and um, and I think I think that would be the fair way to do it if you are going to you know, base your super max contracts off of that. I, I think that's the fairest way possible is to get the 15 best players on there, but that's not how it is right now. So that's, that's a debate for another time. Um, 
we'll just dive in. Brownlee, you want to read off your your first team? I think we probably have a lot of uh, a lot of similar players here, but um, go ahead and. Yep. Uh, so I'm gonna go with uh, the biggest contentious spot. I think is at center. I'm going yeah. with Jokic over Embiid in this case. I did not do uh, it. It was tough. But. He, yeah, it's tough. Embiid's having you know one of the best seasons by a center in the last I don't know thirty years or something like that. On his Jokic is having a slightly better season as a center uh, this year. So. He is leading basically every single statistical category, uh, advanced statistical category, um, and he is dragging this course of the team to they're out of the plan now. So you got to give a lot of props to what he's doing. And if you're thinking about if I could have one player to win a playoff series, I think that's always like one of the best ways to judge player value to player value. I think I'd take Jokic at this point. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I got Jokic as well. Uh, I mean, like I said, both have amazing seasons. I mean, just a couple things. I mean, Jokic 27, 14, and eight, that's never been done. I don't think anyone's ever averaged 25, 13 and six. And he's doing, you know, a couple more in each respective category. Um, he's got the best all time PER at 33.0. Um, top 10 in rebounds, assists, points per game, and shooting percentage. That's never been done. Um, 58, 34, 81, 62 effective field goal percentage, 2.4 stocks. I mean, um, it's just a net rating, 8.4 net rating. Offense rating, I think, is the tops in the league at 100, 117.3. Uh, and what it really came down to between Embiid and Jokic for me is seven more games played. Um, I think that's pretty significant because, especially if you know we're talking about first team, second team right now. But you know it also comes down to most valuable player too when you look at that. Um, think about what what do the Nuggets go in those seven games that Jokic played if he didn't play? They go. I don't know, one and six. So that puts them like at the bottom of the play-in. You know, that's the difference. And I think that's, when something's this close, I think that's enough to tip the scales. Um, I think I might have even had them a little bit without that. They even played the same number of games, but I, that was just enough for me to make the case for Jokic. Um, you know, I obviously, I had Giannis at the forward, first forward spot, um, you know, that, that everyone in the world has that, um, you know, 30, 11, 6, 32.1 PER, second all-time, just happens to be behind the best all-time this season. Um, you know, just 55, 72% from the line this year, 55% from the field. Um, just another all-time season from Giannis that I think a lot of people have started to take for granted how great he is. Um you know, I, I feel like he's going to come in a distant third, probably in the MVP race, but because uh, no one's really talking about him. But I feel like he should get a lot more mention and consideration than he has. But I think it's voter fatigue is really playing a factor for him. Um, 
Katie I got as my other first team forward. Um, he only played, he'll be playing 55 games if he plays today um, in the final game of the season. Um, he's 37-6, career high in assists, um, 1.9 stocks. Um, he's got a 6.3 net rating, um, which is amazing considering how bad Nets defense is. <laughs> um, uh, and I mean, he's just, I think he's still the best player. If there's one player I'd want in a playoff series, I would pick Kevin Durant. I know that's not necessarily how you pick these teams, but that's, that's just the kind of talent he has. And, and that's saying a lot, especially when we're talking about, you know, Embiid and Giannis and Jokic. Um, but he's special and, um, he proved it last postseason um, how special he can be. Um, how, you obviously had Giannis as your first team. Did you have KD as well, or did you... Uh... Yeah, I think that's where we're going to start splitting off. Um, I also... It, it's going to come down to games played for me. You know, I think you mentioned that it's uh, it's valuable when picking between Jokic and B. Uh, I'm going to use it here to take Tatum over KD. Uh, and obviously... I would take KD over Tatum if I were picking. Uh, yeah, no, that's fair. One player to play, but I think he's just missed too many games. Um, and Tatum, I think he's near seventy games um, for the season. Uh, he's seventy-five so, games for the season. So, yeah, yeah, so that's tw- twenty-one more games. So yeah, that's a big difference. Yeah, I mean. I guess I'm kind of being a hypocrite here by just using it for Jokic and not using it against KD, but I just think his season was that special part of it too. Um, but I can totally see how you picked Tatum, especially with how much better their team has been and how important he's been to that. And, um, you know, I think Tatum actually has the best net rating in the league, um, anchored by the defensive rating. Um, just because playing playing on that team, everyone's going to have a great defensive rating. Um, but yeah, I, I can totally see how you came to that. Um, and the guard spots, what did you have there? Yeah, so there I had Luca is my my clear top guard for All NBA. Yeah. He's been insane, especially since the trade deadline. Um, and pulling that team to third in the West is impressive. Uh, the other guards, you know, it dealt with a lot of injuries to the top guards in the NBA, so I think it's harder here to like fill out the rest of that um, roster. But I'll take Booker again. He's played a ton. He's on the best team in the league, uh, and when he's been forced into that lead role, which he has been with uh, Chris out until, I think, like the last game he played. Uh, yeah, he's been pretty magical leading this Suns team. You know, they haven't really missed a beat with Chris sidelines for the last couple months. So, uh, Devin Booker, I think, deserves some kudos for that. Yeah, I, I got the same too. Um, Luca, like you said, he's the clear number one choice of guard. Um, you know, since January nineteenth, about the time he played himself into shape after starting out the season a little out of shape, as he, he even admitted, he's averaged thirty-two, ten, and 
nine on 48, 34, 74 splits, um, you know, which isn't too far off from his season average of 29, nine and nine, but it's just a little more ridiculous. Uh, that's over 35 games. So it's not a small sample size. I mean, you could say over that stretch, he's been the MVP of the, the league. Um, the maps have played well over that stretch. They, they got a chance, I think today to get to the third, the three seed with a loss, um, from the Warriors and, and if they win. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. I think they were in six, the sixth spot, um, like three weeks ago or so. So, I mean, they made it a, a huge run and Luca's Luca's run has been the biggest part of that. And, you know, he's responsible for any team's offense. His team's offense as much as anyone in the league. And, you know, that can, you can just look right at the usage rate, 37.4 first in the league and a career high for him. So, I mean, he, what he's asked to do is, um, a tremendous amount and he produces every night and, you know, I can't wait to watch him in the playoffs cause he, he only gets better in the playoffs, um, which is, which is incredible. Um, so I yep. can't wait to see that. Um, and then I also had both okay, there. Okay, go ahead. He is their team. Sorry. Um, He's got like the highest usage rate in the league, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and has still a pretty stellar shooting percentage, um, even with all that volume. So, yeah, he he is a magical player, and he's only 22 years old, which is just wild. So, yeah, um, he has a chance to go down as you know top 20 player pretty pretty easily um, if he stays healthy, and you know. Got to get some playoff success um, from his team, I guess, to really get all the way up there um, in the Pantheon, if you want to get technical about it. But yeah, he's obviously got a long ways to go for that, so we won't we won't write his uh, Hall of Fame enshrinement yet. Um, but I also had Booker as a second um, guard, like you said. I mean, playing on the juggernaut, the potential 65-win team that they won today, I believe. Um, and he's been, you know, the biggest part of that, maybe him or Chris Paul, you can make an argument. Um, he played a few more games than Chris Paul did career high and, and points per game and rebounds per game, um, career high three point percentage at 38%, which is a little surprising. Um, I, I don't think everyone realized, you know, he's got such a pretty jump shot, but, um, I don't think he'd ever shot above 36% from three until this season. Um, but he's obviously got a great mid range and, um, uh, shoots 87% from the line. So, um, you know, he's just, he's been solid all year. Um, and you know, like I said, one of the biggest reasons for this amazing run, the Suns have been on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, I think you just have to give kudos to him. Um, part of it is just like a, team uh, award as well but I think he's been fantastic and it's really he's a player that you can tell is improving year over year uh, and he's helping push those sons um, further and further but like a lot of people point to Chris Paul joining the team for their ascendance and like obviously Chris Paul has been a huge part of it but I mean sons went what was it 8-0 in the uh, bubble yeah. and you know, that was basically all Booker 
uh, you know, really leading that team. So excited to see where they go in these playoffs. Yeah. Okay, so I think that covers first team. So your first team, Jokic, Giannis, Giannis, Tatum, Luka, Booker, and I had the same, except I had KD instead of Tatum, so that means you have KD on your second team, I assume, forward, and we already discussed we both have Embiid at second team center. Uh, I don't know if there's anything you want to add with Embiid. No, uh, I mean, again, having an insane season, uh, he's got, like, the second highest usage rate um, in the league, and he's incredibly efficient at it. I mean, being a center, obviously, it helps, but he's got a true shooting of, like, 62%. And his PER is not breaking all-time records like Jokic, but it's, it's really close. That. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is wild. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is Jokic and Embiid have carried very mediocre supporting cast. Um Especially, um, you know, without Simmons and a struggling Harden mixed even, you know, tougher when you lose Seth Curry and, you know, Drummond's actually been really solid too. So, um, Embiid hasn't had the help that, you know, you would have hoped for out of, um, you know, some of the superstars that were on that roster that didn't actually play or haven't played up to to snub. And Jokic hasn't had any one of that caliber on his roster, or health, or healthy and on his roster. Um, although it looks like Jamal Murray might be getting back and healthy here soon. Um, and uh, I heard also Porter Jr. might be healthy too. So the playoffs could be crazy um, with them getting healthy, potentially the Clippers getting completely healthy with Kawhi coming back. Who, you know, no one knows anything about Kawhi, but that means he could come back at any time. Who knows? But um, getting off track here. Back, back to second team here. Um, so you got Durant in your forward spot. You know, I, I kind of touched yeah. on just, you know, another, you know, he continues to really, it seems like, get better, um, you know, after this Achilles injury in his, you know, mid-30s now. Um, you know, you wonder how long he can produce at a level this high, you know, when you look at what LeBron's been able to do. Because... Uh, Kevin Durant's an athletic freak too. Like not many people, or hardly anyone, has ever come back from. An, maybe no one has ever come back from an Achilles injury like he has. In any sport. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it is just wild what he's been able to do, and yeah, you know, I, I kind of wonder if the Achilles is more of like a two-year injury, and maybe Katie like help himself out by taking a little extra time off. Yeah, I mean, I was listening to him on the J.J. Reddick podcast the other day, and he was just like, I just couldn't, I just didn't feel comfortable doing certain things. Like, it wasn't like I couldn't necessarily do them. It just, I didn't feel comfortable with it. And, I, you know, he probably felt that way when he did it, you know, um, that he wasn't 100% comfortable when he had that injury. So he wasn't going to rush back and try to try to do that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just, I... I think Kevin Durant could honestly go down if he somehow wins a couple more titles in his career. Um, doesn't look all that good this year with how bad their defense has been. Um, 
But I think he could really go down as the third best player of all time behind LeBron and Michael Jordan, which is crazy to say. Um, I think he's already right there at the top 10, right around Kobe. Yeah. I, I would rather have him on my team than Kobe Bryant every day of the week. Um, he's a better scorer, yeah. better teammate. Um, he's bigger, taller, longer. Um, yeah, I mean, he's absolutely lethal. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't believe in the Nets this season. Um, but we'll get a great first round season or yeah. series. No, I, I, I don't either. Like, I think we talked about it when we, uh, like earlier, like they, we might have been talking about the Lakers. Um, we were saying that they had the talent to win a series because, you know, LeBron and Anthony Davis, where you got KD and Kyrie, like they could win a series, but this team is not a good enough and consistent enough team to win four straight series. Like people think they might be able to. And that, that's, that's where I think they could beat anyone. I think we agree on that in one series, but then they couldn't go and beat the next two of the next three best teams in the East afterwards. Uh, who was in your second forward slot? Uh, I had DeRozan. Um, I, yeah. I think that was a kind of a, a no-brainer pick. Um, I you know twenty-eight five and five career high and um, points per game and rebounds twenty-three PER fifty thirty-five eighty-eight. Um, I mean, you know he this is by far his best year. I mean, I don't think anyone saw this coming. I mean, he, he had actually played better, especially as a playmaker the last couple of years um, in San Antonio. And, you know, San Antonio is just, um, you know, such a small market. I feel like he didn't get much attention while he was down there. Um, and not many people would notice that, but, you know, the scoring really took off. I think he, it was about four or five points higher than he'd ever been um, in a season before. So, um one of his best seasons, you know, really helped the Bulls get off to a great start, be the surprise team of the beginning of the season, um, which has kind of been derailed here in the second half by injuries. Um, but a great, great overall season for DeRozan and um, really had that great stretch. I believe it was probably February timeframe where he had eight thirty-five point games with 50% shooting the first time to ever do that. So, I mean, just... Great season all around. Worthy of first team if it wasn't such a loaded um, cast this year. Um, so, how about yeah. you? Yeah, same. Yeah, uh, Demar also. Yeah, everything you just said. He's also played you know seventy six, maybe seventy seven um, games. Yeah, seventy six so, going in. Again, just the amount of value he's bringing to a team that has been riddled with injuries. He's, I mean, Bulls have not been great the last couple months, but he is the only reason they're, you know, still floating right now. So I think you got to give him kudos for an absolutely insane breakout year. Uh, even if it did pretend a little bit last season, I don't think anyone could have seen this coming for Chicago. So yep. a, uh, a, a great year. Um, yeah, I, I think the people that you could, compare or, or compete with DeRozan for the second team spot could maybe say LeBron but he's just played so few games and the team has been so disappointing uh, he has had an individually great season but uh, I think you gotta dock him for those two aspects 
Yeah. I, I, wasn't, I, I didn't really have too many other people competing. Maybe Jimmy Butler, but again, games played. Yeah, I, I feel like it was a pretty big drop-off after LeBron. Um, yeah. And he, I think it was even a pretty big gap between LeBron and DeRozan just because of what you said. Uh, it wasn't that hard of a choice for me. Um, guards, I had I had Ja and Trey on the second team. Um, okay. I probably would add Ja on the first team if he, you know, if he had played the same number of games as Booker. Their stats are pretty similar. Um, and, and, you know, Booker's playing on a better team, but Ja, I think it carries much more of a load and a responsibility on a night to night basis than Booker does, but Ja did get hurt. Um, and he's played 57 games. Um, so, you know, that, that, that puts him on the second team for me. Um, you know, just a great season, you know, we can uh, talk about them maybe in some of the awards coming up here, but you know, this is people have kind of whispered about you know Ja becoming a superstar. Um, you know, I listened to Chris Vernon enough to 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 have heard enough stories about him and all the tales, but um, this is what everyone was hoping he could become, and he he probably surpassed what people thought he could do and improve in one season and. Uh, if this is just the beginning, um, just watch out. The Grizzlies are going to be good for a long time. Yeah, Jaws been fantastic. He missed a bunch of games, but uh, he's coming back now. They had a massive win uh, in his first game back. Um, they're going to be very scary to play in the playoffs. Um, love his game. He's also on my second team. I had Curry over Trey Young. Yeah, um, that's fair. Yeah, Trey's played way more games, uh, but I, you know, when Curry was playing, you know, he was fantastic for the uh, Warriors, and they looked like they were going to be a uh, shoe in for the second team in the West. Um, we'll have to see how they come together in the playoffs with everyone like battling nagging injuries and everything, but uh, I. Love Steph Curry's game. Trey Young has been great as well. You know, again, another massive usage rate, a great true shooting percentage. Um, I just think he is such a liability on defense. <laughs> it's, it, it's. I think it still has to count against him when we're talking about All NBA type award. Yeah, I mean that, that's fair. Um, and I, I think, um, I think I docked Steph a little more, like, like you said, he played excellent. Like I, I think he played excellent for the first, you know, 30 games of the season, um, up until about the time, I feel like really he started pressing about the time that he started chasing the record for most threes in a, um, career and, uh, is it, shooting percentages reflect that he's got his career low and and field goal and three-point percentage um he's still 26 5 and 6 i mean you know trey's played 11 more games played 12 more after today uh 28 4 and 10 you know fourth in points third in assists uh please fifth in per 25.5 so i mean it's close i mean 
And then on the on the other hand, Trey I think had a career high and at forty six percent, thirty eight percent from three. Um, so they're kind of going in different directions in terms of you know looking at their career, you know how how they how they perform I guess compared to their expectations isn't necessarily a fair way to look at it. But I I just thought Trey um, with the games played being a difference was enough to overcome his defense um, ultimately. And, you know, so I got, I got Steph on my third team, um, along with CP3 as my other guard, you know, like you said, you know, everyone, just about all these guards have had, you know, some significant time on the bench or on the, uh, injured list, um, aside from Trey, um, you know, CP3 only played 65 games, um, one more than Steph, um, 15, four and 11, 49, 32, 84, um, so just, you know, just another solid CP3 season, you know, he's, you know, kind of defying, um, father time like LeBron is like, there's no history of any guard being this short, being this successful, this late in their career. Um, so we just hope he can keep it up, um, for as long as he can. And he's got another great shot at a title this year. Um, you, you just don't know how many more they're going to get, but, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the Suns in the offseason with Aiden. Um, but, you know, they should still be good, at least for one or two more years after this as well. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm just an admitted Trey Young hater, so you can take everything I say about him with a grain of salt. Fair enough. Uh, he's on my third team, along with Chris Paul. Um, so the same guards there. And then... My forwards have LeBron, and then I still can't decide whether I would pick Jimmy Butler to partially just give some kudos to the team that's first place in the East. Um, and then the other player I was considering was Mikael Bridges. Um, he's played every game this season, has been an integral part of the Suns team. Wow. Uh, Third-team like, All-NBA, wow. I mean, his advanced stats are also fantastic. Um, he's just one of those players that does a little bit of everything, like, pretty well. But I think there's just, like, not a lot of great options for that last forward. Yeah, so I agree. I, That's part of it. And, I mean, I, I like Mikel Bridges probably more than just about anyone. Um, but uh, And I like that you picked that. It just... It, Seems like a little bit of a stretch, but like you said, it's weak. I, I didn't feel great about my pick. At, I had LeBron also. You know, we talked about you know averaging thirty a game. You know, playing playing great, shooting the ball well. Um, Fifty six games probably is the reason he's on the third team instead of second team. Um, but I had Siakam as my other forward. Um, I was it was between him and Jimmy Butler for me. Um, Siakam played eleven more games, and that was that was enough to separate him. And, and I mean, the uh, I think the the Raptors are the five seed, I think now. Um, so I mean, he's they they made a charge in really the second half of the season, um, and he's been a huge huge reason why. Uh, he's career high in assists and rebounds per game this year. Um, so I mean, he. 49, 34, 75 splits. So, uh, you know, a big season after a little disappointing season last year for him. So um, I gave him the nod over Jimmy Butler, who 
um, probably would have gotten it had they played the same number of games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like kind of a morass there. So, I mean, basically anyone. Uh, yeah, there, there was, for it. there's Which probably 10 I, guys I, you can make I, the I case be, for. Yeah, I might be pushing the limit of pick anyone, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fair and enough. And then I had Cat as my center for 13. Yeah. I did too. Um, you know, a good good season for the Timberwolves. I don't think many people saw that coming just because, you know, they had had plenty of years where you thought they might turn around and, you know, no one touched D'Angelo Russell and, or Cat for that matter. Um, but, you know, 25 and 10, you know, shooting 41% from three as a big man, 59% effective field goal. Um, one thing I did notice, you know, 10 rebounds, I think it was like 9.6 technically. His rebounds have been, like, declining for, like, the last four years. This was, like, by far his lowest. Um, you know, I don't know if that's his minutes have gone down or, or what factor that is, but I, I did notice that was not a good trend. Not that it was enough to keep him off this list, but just something I, I noticed. Because he used to be at, like, 12, 12 and a half, I feel like, for the beginning of his career and you know he's been 10 10, 10 and a half for the last couple of years so yeah I don't know maybe just like taking a different function on the team with Anthony Adelaide's emergence I'm not really sure but yeah it's yeah, a good good thing to note yeah so yeah I think uh the only we had the same we had fourteen out of fifteen uh, same guys. You had Bridges and I had Siakam, I guess. Yep. And then we had I guess two disagreements on the team. So I, I think there will be a lot of consistency this year. This year, um, I, I think what we have is is going to be pretty close. I, I think I think Curry will get it over Trey. I, I don't think my pick will be the popular pick, but I. I think he had a deserving season, but um, I guess Embiid and Giannis, I don't know how that works out. That could really change it, too, though. Mm-hmm. And Jokic, I mean, so. I think it just goes to show there's a lot of talent in the league. Yeah. Um, it's a good time to be an NBA fan. Yeah. Especially when we have, like, some major players that are injured, like Kawhi, PG, Durant, and then you're in from the season. Yeah. Season only. Things yeah. are looking good for the NBA. Yep. Yeah. So, looking good. Going MVP here. So, Jokic is a minus 300 favorite. Embiid is plus 250. And Giannis is plus 800. Those are the only three. I, I, I got... I listed the top five, but those are the only three that have a chance to win it. They're in a... You know, a field of their own. And then everyone else is... Um, you know, in the left and left in the wayside. So, um, how did how did your MVP vote turn out? Uh, yeah, I, I think I would still go with Jokic as my MVP. Uh, I would put Giannis after him. Um, he has been amazing again this season. Bucks are second in the East, I think. Um, yeah. And 
again, amazing individual performance by him. His team is doing way better. Uh, and then MB, I, it's like all three of them have been fantastic and we're really splitting hairs at the end of the day. But I think that's the order I would go is Jokic, Giannis, MB. Yeah, I got I got Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis. Um, you know, it came down to Giannis and Embiid, or Jokic and Embiid to me. Giannis was just behind them, but I I, th- I was kind of looking more at their supporting cast and and you know seeing how much they were able to accomplish with how little they had. Whereas Giannis, you know, has two other All Stars on his roster. Um, not that he doesn't carry a huge load and isn't deserving of this award either. Most most seasons, even with voter fatigue, he would win this award. Um, but we just have two of the other most efficient seasons we've had in a long time, or ever. Um, so I and then I got Luca fourth. Uh, you know, I kind of already made his case, and then I got Ja fifth. Um, even though he had, he's only played fifty seven games, I think the impact he made on on the season. Um, in the league this year uh, was enough to put him put him in fifth. Um, I, I don't know if he had four or five, but not that it really matters. But I know that's how they vote. Uh, yeah, I didn't even really think about it. It's just these three are the only ones that have a chance. To be yeah, honest. that is very true. Okay, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Giannis, if I was gonna bet on it, I'd put money on Giannis just because, I mean, it's such a big gap. I mean, I can't believe Jokic is as big a favorite as he is. I think he's going to win, but I also don't think it's that clear. Minus 300 is a huge favorite. Yeah, I agree with you, I think. Giannis. Yeah, like, I don't even know if I would put money on it. Um, like, I don't think Giannis is going to win, but if I yeah, had yeah. money on this, I would yeah, put exactly. on Giannis. Yeah, I probably would just stay away from that completely. But um, so, defensive player of the year. So, Marcus Smart's favorite at minus two fifty. Bam, second plus five hundred. Bridges at plus six hundred. Gobert and Triple J are at plus nine hundred. Um, who'd you have as your defensive player of the year? Uh, I have. Bam, I was listening to a really interesting conversation, and I think it was with Zach Lowe and Kevin Felton earlier this week, and they were talking about defensive value and how it's just so much harder for a guard to provide defensive value compared to someone who's playing the center or guarding the rim, um, and that is mainly just comes down to like the volume of shots they actually defend or the volume of defense they play or actually impacts on defense. Whereas someone can be like a great individual defensive player on the wing, uh, like Smart is, but they just do not contest as many shots as a center might. Yeah, you're not um, cleaning up other people's mess here. Just right, like you're supposed to be a good defender, so you're not supposed to let them get that many shots, anyways, too, right? So, yeah, it kind of works against you, yeah. So, uh, I'm going with Bam 
he is a center has a ton of shots is really good at it but he can also switch and play well or at least reasonably well one to five um so he's uh even against guards you know he can people try to take him on iso he uh does a great job defending against that i think i saw like in isos people are scoring less than yeah. 0.75 points per possession against yeah, him. Yeah, 0.74. I saw that set, too. Yeah, like, really good defense. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'll put it down. I, I think Marcus Smart deserves some credit for the defense he's playing, and the Celtics have the best unit overall, but uh, I think he is just held back by the position he plays. Yeah. I, I got the same actually, and I got Bridges as third um, to round it out. Um, you know, I think Bam, you know, he, he does provide the rim protection, but he like like you said, he provides the versatility. I think is the the most important aspect of his defense, um, and you know, it can be evidenced by the fact that you know he switches onto more screens than anyone in the league. So. Um, that's a huge thing in today's NBA when pick and roll, um, is kind of the foundation of a lot of offenses. Um, and when he can defend at such, you know, he, he averages 0.9 points per possession on those switches, um, 10th fewest in the league. So, you know, he switches more than anyone and he almost does it as effective as any, anyone. So, um, that's a huge skill and, and he brings that each and every night and it allows that defense to be versatile and um and really aggressive and you know that's why i think i think the heat are fourth in defensively overall but with bam at center their defense defensive efficiency rating is two points better than boston's so um you know that really shows how much of impact he has when he's at the center position and they can really switch everything um, like you said, smart, I, smart is also great. Like, like you said, it's tough cause he's not impacting shots at the rim like a center is, but you know, he can, he also allows, um, the Celtics to switch a lot too, um, with how he defends the post when he gets switched, whether it's a switch or someone's trying to post him up otherwise, he, he's a bulldog down there and he fights and he doesn't give up any ground. And uh, and allows them to switch on to bigger guys and 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 provides you know just some more flexibility on their with their defense which they have plenty of already um, and then I had Bridges as third which you know night in and night out he's covering the best guy he leads the league or leads the league in minutes played I believe um, and he's just he's just ferocious defender uh, he's got the length that he can throw at you. Um, covering the best guy each and every night. So um, with what he's asked to do on that Suns team, which I think is second defensive efficiency, um, he's really the catalyst for that. Yep, I got no issues with those. Those are my top three as well. Cool. So rookie of the year, we got Mobley at a minus 250 as a favorite, Barnes plus 175, and then Kate at plus a thousand. I think this is a three man race as well. Yeah. Uh, I 
would agree with that. Um, so my pick would be for Scotty Barnes. Um, he's started off like a little shakier, but he's just steadily improved throughout the season. Um, and we've seen the Raptors themselves go from playing the team to you know, clear mill pack in the East. And I, I think that correlates to Scotty Barnes' improvement over the year as well. Um, he's done, I think, a great job adjusting to the NBA. And um, even if he's not asked to do as much as Cade has been asked to do in particular, he's been, I won't say really good at everything he does, but he's another player that's just like good at a lot of things. Um, and his overall impact is that much better due, because of it. Um, so he's got you know, a much lower usage rate than Kate does. He's at 19 versus a uh, 27.5 usage rate for Cunningham. And that just comes down to Kate like, being a point guard is obviously going to have a high usage rate almost all the time, but he's also just on a net, or sorry, a Pistons team that doesn't really have a lot else uh, to show, so Cade, you know, through no fault of his own, is you know, forcing things a little more, he's got a high turnover rate, um, which I think I'm thanking him for um compared to just a much more efficient player in Scotty Barnes. Uh, and then Mobley, I think, is the real competitor for Rookie of the Year to Scotty Barnes. He's been, uh, I mean, at least in the first half of the year, I think we would have all assumed that Mobley was taking the Rookie of the Year ballot. Uh, I think Cleveland overall has slowed down. Part of it is due to Evan Mobley missing some time as well as some of the other key contributors that they have missing time. Um, he's got a great future, uh, but I would put Scotty Barnes slightly above him. Um, Mobley is, you know, everything about like, what each player is asked to do. Mobley is asked to really just like focus on defense and then he's more of like a tertiary player on offense. Uh, where I think Cade is like the player on offense, and then Scotty's like slightly above Mobley in terms of his overall um, impact on that kind of floor. Yeah, and I I agree with most of what you said. I I had the same order. I had Barnes, Mobley, and Cade, and it was it was tough. I mean, it, like they're all pretty close, and especially Barnes and Mobley. I mean, just here's here's their stats. Barnes. 73 games played, 15, 8, and 3, 49, 30, 73, shooting splits, 52, effective field goal, 16.4 PR. Mobley, 68 games played, 15, 8, and 3, 51, 25, 67, 52, effective field goal, 15.9 PR. So, like, uh, and they both are playing on playoff teams, which... Um, doesn't happen for the rookie of the year that often. I feel like because generally, 
um, one of the better players in the draft that went to a worse team. Um, and it's not that they just happen to play off playoff teams. They're part of the reason that these teams are playoff teams, right? Like they wouldn't be there without them. And they've contributed um, winning to winning basketball. Whereas Kate Cunningham, not that it's his fault, but you know, his stats, you know, are a lot of times meaningless because they're, they're down by 25 points or whatever it might be just because it's not a very good team. So, you know, I, I had Kate as a, a little bit of a distant third, um, but I mean, he's still 17, six and six. I mean, as, as a rookie, um, you know, 41% from the field, 31% from three, um, you hope he can, um, improve that. Hopefully getting one of the high draft picks this year will help with that. Um, get him some better shot selection by not having to force as much at the end of the shot clock. I'm um, sure it has a lot to do with that poor shooting percentage, but, um, I think those are really the only three you can make a case for. Um, and I, 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 if I had to put money on it, I would probably put money on Cade just because his, some of his, you know, just normal, I just 17, six and six looks yeah. better than 15, eight and three, I guess, you know, and it's plus that plus thousand, but yeah, I don't think he's going to win either though. So, Kind of like we were talking about uh, earlier. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at basketball references, but shares. Where do you think Cade ranks in total win shares? Total win shares in the league? Yeah. Yeah. 175th. Six, 600 first out of 604 players. <laughs> what? How's there, that's everyone's played, I guess, this season? Everyone's played, yeah. I mean, there's people who've played like eight minutes. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That's pretty bad. I mean, I think it's just, like we said, he's forced to take a very large role on a very bad team. So, yeah, I don't think it's indicative of his overall value, but um, it's indicative of how much onus is put on him and how bad their team is. Yeah, so I, I agree. Um, I think he'll be fine. Um, hopefully he'll get some help and Maybe they could be good in a couple of years. I mean, he's they, if they, you know, get the first pick, get Jabari. Um, I mean, that, that could be pretty special, pretty fast. Yeah. And then Jeremy Grant might actually have a good role. He might be <laughs> if he's your third best player. I mean, I think his contract might be up by that point. But now that he's finally got a use, <laughs> um, but um, let's dive into most improved here. Um, so Jaws a favorite at minus a thousand. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think the only way you can dispute that is if you have like some rule against voting for second year players. But I think it's hard to find anyone who's improved as much year over year than Jaws has. Yeah, Garland's plus nine hundred. You know, I I think in most years he would have a pretty good case. Jonathan Murray's plus twenty seven hundred. I think. He, has, he would have a pretty good case in most years. Miles Bridges, plus 3,500. Desmond Bain, plus 5,000. We're like the only, only ones I feel like you could make a case for, but I really don't think, especially because Ja, not only like did he make a leap, if you look at his statistics, but like the leap he made from like, you know, really a really good player to a superstar, that's the hardest leap to make, right? Um, 
and he did it um, in one season, which most takes a little while for most people to do that. Um, but I think, you know, going into next season, you'd have to consider him one of the superstars of the league now, and, uh, and it's because of his performance this season and uh, all the highlights he's provided as well. Yeah, and then, you know, I had Murray second for what it's worth. I mean, he went from 15-7-5 last year to 21-8-9 with two steals, 22.4 PR. So, I mean, he's having a great season. You know, both Murray and Garland went from, you know, kind of where they were both kind of in the same level as Jaw last year, maybe a little bit, maybe a tier just below Jaw. Um, Jaw, you know, made the leap to superstar and they made the leap to all-star, which is also, um, you know, a hard leap to make too. Um, you know, so Garland was 22, three and nine, um, a 19 PER. So, I mean, there, there are some worthy candidates here. It's just, you don't see what jaw did very often if really at all. Um, so, I mean, it, it's just kind of an, it kind of sucks for the other two who had worthy seasons, but, um, you know, you're not going to overcome what jaw did this season. Um, six man, I think, uh, you know, I had Tyler Hero. He's the odds on favorite at minus a thousand as well, just like Ja. You know, he's averaging 21, 5, and 4, 45, 40, 87 splits. Um, you know, the other two candidates I saw that were, you know, even remotely worthy was Kevin Love and Ubre Jr. at plus 6,600 each. Um, did you have Hero as well? Yeah, I think this one's even more clear. Um, I think it's impossible not to pick Hero. He's done everything you can ask for from a six man. He's got a massive usage rate at near 29. Um, and he's efficient enough with them. He's got a 56 true shooting, which is just over the league average, I think. Um, so if you're looking for someone who can just like step in and keep things humming when uh, you have some of your starters out, that's exactly what you're looking for, and you know, he's been uh, a huge part, averaging 20 points a game. Uh, just, uh, I, I like the, the other two players we have on the list here, Oubre, Kevin Love. Um, yeah, I don't think you can land a case for either of those. No, I, I don't think so. Uh, I had Kevin Love second, Oubre third for what's worth, but yeah, you can't make a case that they're they had a better season than here off the bench and um, you know Hero is going to be important for them in the playoffs as we saw a couple years ago when they made that run how important he was um, it seems like this year he's even got a bigger role with him to um, you know provide offense especially with that second unit um, when he comes off the bench so um, I love to see him play in the playoffs and uh, maybe get another snarl if we get lucky um, I still, yeah. I still need to get that like on a tank top or something that snarl. I don't know. Yeah. But um, um. So let's move on to coach of the year. Um, this is one of the awards where I think every year there's like six candidates you can make a case for, uh, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, and I don't think this year is an exception. Um, I, I, I got it to five. Um, I had Monty at. He's a huge favorite at minus two thousand, which 
doesn't make that. I mean, he should be the favorite, but not that much favorite. But Spoh's at plus 700. Taylor Jenkins at plus 800. J.B. Bickerstaff at plus 1,000. And Ime Udoka at plus 1,500. Um, I had Jenkins as coach of the year. Um, you know, their over and under wins was 41 and a half. They won 56 games so far. Um, they're 20 and four without jaw. Um, you know, they overachieved with jaw. They overachieved even more without jaw. Um, I think this is the story of the season. Um, I feel bad for Monty Williams, not giving it to him. Um, they had another great year. Um, but I think he has a lot more to work with than maybe what, you know, Taylor Jenkins had to work with, especially with Ja missing as many games as he did. Um, Monty Williams having two superstars and, you know, an all, another borderline all-star and DeAndre Aiden. Um, so, yeah. and then I had a Doku as third, which, you know, started out rocky. Um, but turning around real fast as a first-year coach was uh, did a great job and has led that defense um, and really been on a run since the beginning of this of this calendar year. Um, been the best team in the league, almost. Yeah, I mean, I I think the odds would be more evenly split if Monty had won last year, which he arguably should have last year. Hindsight, right now, it's like. How did he not win last year? Um, with I guess some of that's just like the uh, Knicks this year, just like completely tainting the win that Tibbs had. Um, I'm, I'm gonna take Monty here. Part of it is just storyline, and I think I am letting that color my decision. Um, in that, you know, I think he. Probably should have won last year, and I think it would just be bad if he didn't get it either of these two years. Um, so I'm taking Monty, but I definitely hear your argument for Jenkins. He really have been fantastic, and like you said, they're punching well above their weight compared to what everyone was expecting of them coming in. Um, I might. I think you can give an argument for, like you said, a lot of different coaches. I think Monty Jenkins, Udoka are all very close. And especially with Udoka like, coming in as first-year head coach, and you can see like once the Celtics really, once he was able to install his game plan and get his players playing within that system, They've been absolute juggernaut since then. So, uh, like you said, I think you can make a case for anyone. I would pick Monty just essentially because I think he deserves it after the last two seasons the Suns have had. And I know that's uh, not how this award works, but that's how I'm voting it. Well, the good news is everyone else votes it like that too. So, um, <laughs> that is actually how the award works. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It's not how it's supposed to work, but it's how it works. Alright, so that wraps up the awards. Um, a lot of deserving candidates. Great season this year. 
and now we get to preview the playoffs, uh, which we are on the last day of the NBA regular season. Um, all the playoff spots have been determined. All the play-in games, play-in teams are determined. Uh, a lot of seeds are up for um, up for grabs today in the East, specifically, really. Um, and then there's a so the Heat are locked in at one. So the Bucks are a game ahead of the Celtics and the Sixers. At three and four, Raptors are locked in at five. Bulls are locked in at six, and then seven through ten is going to be decided today between Brooklyn, Cleveland, Atlanta, and Charlotte. And then obviously one two is Suns, Grizzlies in the West. Um, three four, Warriors have the three seed right now, one game ahead of the Mavericks at the four seed going into today, so that's to be determined. And then the Jazz and Nuggets are tied for the fifth seed with the Jazz of the tiebreaker. Um, and then in seven, eight, nine is Timberwolves, Clippers, Pelicans, and Spurs. So, um, not, not too much excitement today, to be honest. Um, we'll leave that for the next couple months. There'll be plenty of excitement. Um, so I guess looking forward to the playoffs, you know, which, uh, matchups are you most looking forward to? I mean, some of them just off the top of my head from the first round, you know, we could potentially have Suns Clippers with Kawhi potentially, um, without Kawhi. So it was a good series last year. Um, Bucks Nets. Sixers Nets, Warriors Nuggets, Mavs Nuggets. Um, I don't know if you have any other series, but any of those that intrigue you the most? Yeah, I like you said earlier, I haven't really heard anything about Kawhi, which means nothing. I mean, no one even knew he had ACL surgery until a couple days after it happened. Um, I am operating under the assumption Kawhi's not playing in which case I'm going to push the Suns clips down a little bit. I still think it'll be a good series, but I think the Suns are going to take that one, uh, assuming they play each other. Uh, I think the two series uh, I'll be watching for is whoever the Nets play, whether that's the Bucks or the 76ers, will be great. You know, a little bit of assumptions going in there, but uh, I think that'll be a great first-round series. I think the Bucks should handle the Nets pretty easily. 76ers Nets, I think, would be more competitive. Um, and again, it would be just great to see two teams with the history of what's gone on this season against each other. So if we got 76ers Nets, I think that would be my top uh, series for the first round. Um, the other one I'd love to see is Mavs and Nuggets. I think that would be just a lot of fun to see two of the most creative players, best players in the league up against each other, where it's just a very two very heliocentric teams uh, just going against each other. Yeah, that, that was the one I had, too. I mean, the 76ers nets for the drama and, you know, all the, all the bullshit that's gone on between the two teams this year. Um, 
and really the last couple seasons with the you know almost the Sixers almost getting hardened um, the first time. So um, you know I think that's the obvious choice, but I, I like your choice with the Mavs Nuggets as well. Um, you just you got your two best one man offenses really, maybe in the history of the NBA in terms of like just playmaking um, and scoring combined. Um, really haven't seen much like it, and um, the good news is we'll continue to see it from both of them. Um, and you know hopefully this we can get a matchup this year, and hopefully um, years going forward, um, you know maybe this will be. A little playoff rivalry that um, gets started this year. Um, be great to have um, two European players going head to head like that um, on big time stage, and and they're both big time playoff performers. So um, it, that would just be an exciting series with unbelievable stat lines. I could could only imagine. Um, so <clears throat> look ahead at title odds. Um, see if we like anyone here. Um, the Suns are obviously the favorite at plus 270, Bucks at plus 550, Nets have the worst odds, I think, by far, at plus 650, um, Warriors at plus 900, Heat at plus 950, Celtics at plus 1,000, Grizzlies at plus 13, Sixers the same, Mavs at plus 2,200, Nuggets 2,500, and Clips at 4,900. I threw the clips in there because of the Kawhi potential. Like you said, you, you're, you're counting them out. But um, but if you're a betting man, you, you might want to play the odds a little bit and, and put them in, so I, I included them. So, I mean, I think we both like the Suns as just a basketball favorite to win, but um, I don't know that we necessarily like their odds. So is there anyone else you see that you like or a couple, couple people? Yeah, I think the... Celtics again stand out. Last time I talked, you know, we I think we had both called them out as a good long range, like kind of uh, low odds, but you know, potential high reward team. I'll, I'll go with that again with plus a thousand. I think they are playing really, really good team basketball um, and have pretty good odds to go with it. And then the other team I would pick are the Mavs, plus 2,200. It's a huge long shot, but uh, when you have a player as special as Luka, things can happen, and uh, they've played fantastic since the trade deadline. Um, so those are the two where I see potential value. Like the Nets at third highest odds is insane to me. <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I agree. I, I cannot believe they're still that high. Well, if you just do the math, they have a like a a twenty five percent chance not to make the playoffs just by being in the playing game, just by doing the math. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're favored by a little bit in both those games, but like, and then they have to win it's four. Not 100% yeah, right, exactly. Like everyone else that's up here is getting into the play and playoffs without having to make their way in there. So like, that makes the odds so much worse, but. Um, yeah, I like both, both ones you picked. I also like, also like the Nuggets and Clippers, you know, like, like I talked about, if Kawhi comes back, I mean, that makes the Clippers maybe the best team in the league if Kawhi's playing at a high level. Um, I mean, they, they were the favorites, I think, two years ago to win the finals, um, for the season. Um, 
And so that's the caliber of team they have when they're healthy. So, you know, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but the, the odds are so long that I like it. Um, I also like the Nuggets because I think there's a chance Jamal Murray could definitely come back. Uh, there's a video of him dunking um, pretty aggressively from the baseline um, that, you know, would lead you to think that he's his return is right around the corner. Um, yeah. The Nuggets have something he does in games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, yeah, but I, I think the good thing about this, I mean, I think, I think Suns Bucks are the favorites in both, um, the East, the West and the East respectively, but you know, and the Suns are kind of an overwhelming favorite, but otherwise I think it's a pretty open, um, playoffs, um, which it generally doesn't happen. Um, a lot of years in the NBA, it's normally pretty top heavy, um, and only so many teams can win. I think there's a lot, it's a, it's a lot more open this year. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, oh, so, you so I kind of just gave away my pick. Um, I got the Suns and Bucks. Um, I, I'll go the Suns and six. Um, get get revenge from last year's finals. Um, I think they're the two um, most dangerous teams in the playoffs. Um, the Heat, I, I just don't... I want a better go-to scorer if I'm going to win an NBA championship than the Heat have. Um, Jimmy Butler um, is supposed to be that guy or is a Tyler Hero now, um, almost, you know, because Jimmy Butler's not much of a jump shooter, um, which really hinders you late in games when everything's taken away in the paint and a lot of times you got to settle for mid-range jumpers uh, which is obviously better mid-range than he is at three but um, still not a strong suit so um, I, that's why I think I'd much rather have Giannis <laughs> obviously um, at the end of the game even though he, he's not a great jump shooter although I did see I think it was Kirk Goldsberry said you know he shot like 43.6% on his mid-range or something, or whatever it was, it was like two points higher than the league average this year, Giannis did, which that's uh, that's pretty crazy um, and pretty scary if he's shooting above league average um, at the mid-range. Um, and if he starts to ever do that at a three, then it's game over. Yeah. Uh, I love Giannis. Um, one of the things that I think it's fantastic about the players we've been talking about basically this entire time Giannis Jokic Embiid uh, Luka they're all like either entering their prime or not even in their prime yet players so I think that's fantastic to see so many just really really good teams led by young players and the best players in the league right now are 27 or younger so I think that's awesome my NBA pick is going to be Suns out of the west and then I'm taking Celtics of the east Ooh. and I think seven games to the Suns alright um, Celtics have a great defense and they have go-to scorers um, both of the Jays can get you you know 40 point games any night they're out there uh, and they have the best defense all week. So, uh, I love the Celtics coming out of the East. 
especially from a betting perspective. If I had to pick, I think it's closer than a lot of people give credit between the Bucks and the Celtics and um, taking the Celtics. So you think the Heat are in a tier below them? Yeah. Are I mean, many tier? Uh, it might not be fair to discredit them like everyone else has, but I mean, if you look at the top four the, in the East, that is separated by three games. So I don't think you can, just because the Heat are the one seed, I don't think means they have had like that much better of a season compared to Yeah, them. yeah, I don't, I don't think so either, but I think a lot of people would just consider them, you know, I, I think a lot of people with the way James Harden's playing don't really consider the Sixers a contender anymore, but I think, you know, they, not that they can't, Embiid and Harden couldn't turn it on and they could go on a run, you can't count them out completely, but, um, like, five games after Harden had gotten traded, we had a much different picture of what they could be because he was playing so much better so um and then i think the three that everyone else talks about is the bucks he Celtics. so i think they kind of all lumped them together that, that that's the only reason i asked and and i, I would put them you know plus 950 and plus a thousand versus plus 550 for the bucks so like i would almost put them pretty close evenly match i would put you know you know so I would I would not take the bucks for the odds, but I do like them to get there. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, I mean, they have an MVP who has won the title already, and he's just getting better. So. Yeah. I not, cannot cannot disagree with that. Yeah, never a bad thing to bet on. Um, so, but. The good news is we'll get to see all this play out in front of our eyes over the next couple months. We'll probably be back more often here now the playoffs are starting. So please check in. And until then, enjoy all the good basketball that we have to watch and enjoy Master Sunday. Peace.